All right, welcome back, you guys. It is Tuesday, June 29th, and I've got another hitter for you. Paul Maurer is a runner and an author, and he recently published a fantastic novel called The Unforgiving Line. But before I get into that, I want to tell you guys about my weekend. So we drove out to Moab, Utah, and helped out with Gemini Adventures Desert Rats Stage Race. It's a five-day stage race. Um, I'd never been to a stage race before and previously um, never really had a whole lot of interest. But boy, I'm thinking about it now. Uh, It was just so cool. They covered 150 miles of the Cocapelli Trail over the course of six days with one rest day in there. Um, The mileage ranged from uh, one day was just a nine mile day and then there was a couple 40 some odd mile days. Uh, The grit and the determination I saw out there was just mind blowing. And you know how uh, you always get the warm fuzzies at an ultra, how everyone is just so kind and you leave with a bunch of new best buds? Well, this is the nicest bunch of folks within the sport of ultra running. Uh, there was only like 30 people racing, so it was really small and close and intimate. There was just so much love and respect out there. It was really, really cool just seeing all the relationships that formed after being out there for only a few days. Kyla and Reed are uh, the nicest, the coolest, and the most humble race directors you'll ever meet. Uh, In fact, I've had them on the podcast before. They're on a previous episode. I highly recommend putting the Desert Rats five-day stage race on your calendar for next year. Uh, My man Jason was out there running on hamburger feet. I posted a picture of that on my Instagram. You got to see this picture. This guy's feet are just complete hamburger And uh, I was out there pacing him for a little while while he was running on those feet. And uh, just the grit and the determination. I mean, he kept going until he eventually timed out and they had to pull him off the course. Like, he wasn't going to quit on his own. And let me tell you, his feet were trashed for days. And, uh, yeah, that's just one little story. I mean, it was just such a cool race, so... So happy to be a part of it and highly recommend you guys put that one on your calendar. Uh, So I read this book, uh, The Unforgiving Line, by my guest today, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, It's really well written, and I love the way the author just sort of spends the tale. Paul has written several books, uh, some about running and others not so much. But this book tells the story of an older man who was once an elite runner, but at the critical moment, blew it and has a lot of resentment about that uh, particular period of, of his life. In the story, he meets a younger runner named DJ. And what starts from there is a beautiful relationship between the master and the student. Here is a quote from the book. Um, it's on the back of the book. Hopes and dreams drive us, motivate us. They get us up for an early morning run and out the door on a sub-zero day. Dreams whip us to do things that others would never consider. But dreams can only take you so far. At some point, a runner must harden. The dream still exists, but it becomes more than that. It becomes tangible, no longer just a whisper in the night. It evolves into fibers of your being. Fibers that take root and become flesh. When that happens, you will know. No one will believe you, but I promise you, you will know. 
Um, join us on Patreon, you guys, please. Um, Patreon slash do big things. I am putting up exclusive content, B-sides. Uh, for instance, uh, a week or two ago, I put up a picture of this very book because I knew Paul was going to be on the podcast. So if you would have been on Patreon, you would have known you should have read this book beforehand because um, now the podcast is out. And when you listen to this, you're going to wish you'd already read it. Um, but uh, it would mean a lot, you guys. If you're listening week after week, um, you know, if you saw me out at Starbucks, wouldn't you buy me a coffee? Come on, friends. This thing is a lot of work. By following us on Patreon, um, you'll get, get to see it all. You get to see behind the curtain. Uh, if you make a donation, I will personally get you a Do Big Things hat or a Big Things Crewing t-shirt. Your choice. We're putting in an order tonight. There's more coming, and I want to give them out to you guys. Sign up for Patreon. I'll give you some free swag, and I promise I'll make it worth your while, you guys. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors real quick before we get this going. Exoskin. All right, so little story. Um, I ran in my exoskins over the weekend uh, a few different times. We were camping in the van, and uh, I wore them, got all sweaty. It was hot out in the desert, you guys. Uh, there was one day it was 113 degrees. The other days, I think it was at least 90. It was blazing out there. So I'm sweating and sweating, and bring them back to the van, change, just hang them up, right? Didn't wash them or anything. No odor. Okay, no chafing, no blisters. Uh, I wore them the next day. Same thing. I wore them the next day and it poured rain, right? So I got them all wet. They've been sweaty. I'm running in them for three days. Hung them up again. They didn't stink. They don't stink at all. Like I'm putting these things to the test, you guys. Uh, at first, I'm not going to lie. I was a little skeptical um, because they're tights, right? dudes running and running tights uh you know it's like i don't know it's just uh, uh like maybe when nobody's looking or at nighttime or something but come on in public but i've been running in these things and they are my favorite shorts they are so comfortable uh i just wore them like an hour or two ago for yoga and <laughs> this is embarrassing but now that i actually think about it they still haven't been washed they don't really need to be washed. Uh, these guys make some great stuff. Shorts, socks, shirts, hats. Uh, they've all been through the most challenging races in the world. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you're not convinced, send it back for a full refund. So you got nothing to lose. Check them out at exoskin.us. Use our discount code, capital BTC, for big things crewing. And that's a 20% off promo code right there. Do yourself a favor. Thank me later. Hear me now. Thank me later. This podcast is also brought to you by On Pace Wellness. Will Benitez is working with some of the finest athletes around and he's helping them find even more success. Have you ever wondered if you just tweaked your diet just a little bit and just cut out like just a few things and added in just a few more? What would happen? I mean, would you be able to take a, a little time off those PRs? Uh, it, it's possible. Will is a certified nutritionist and he knows what he's talking about. You guys contact on pace wellness. Uh, trust me. Maybe you just need a little boost, a little bit of help, a little bit of guidance. 
contact these guys. Mention this podcast, and he's going to get you a 10% discount and get you properly tuned up. That's onpacewellness.com. Last but not least, this podcast is brought to you by Athletic Brewing, the finest, in my opinion, non-alcoholic craft beer on the market. I don't drink anymore, but I can still have a tasty beer after sweeping the course at a long... Oh my goodness, excuse me, after a long desert uh, stage race. Running out in Utah, it was super hot, and uh, but I had a blast. There was so much inspiration and love out there, and getting back and having a nice cold beer in the fridge of the van was the ultimate, you guys. Uh, like I said, I don't drink beer anymore, but there's no alcohol in this stuff. It's an N.A. beer, and uh, it's just fantastic. And when the winner crossed the finish line, he was also um, an athletic brewing sponsee. And uh, he crossed the finish line. I said, dude, you want an athletic brew? He goes, yeah, of course. So I ran and got him one. All right, my washing machine just started and it's making some noise. So I'm going to cut this short. You guys check out athleticbrewing.com. Use my discount code, capital M-C-R-O-B-E-R-T-S-A-20. That's all caps for 20% off the best NA beer around. Buy two six-packs or more, and you don't have to worry about shipping costs. Enjoy the taste without the hangover. I really enjoyed this episode. I love talking with authors. I love hearing their process and what it takes to sit down and make a 300-page book out of nothing. Put your hands together for Mr. Paul Mauer. This is the Do Big Things Podcast, where we want to inspire you to do big things. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing, a service for ultra runners from beginner to elite. Not only can we get you trained up, but we can also crew you into the finish line. Find us at big-things-crewing.com. Now, here is your host, Adam McRoberts. All right, guys, I've got another fantastic guest for you guys today. Paul, introduce yourself, my man. Uh, hi, I'm uh, Paul Mauer uh, from Wisconsin. I'm a chiropractor and lifelong runner and, well, what else do you need to know? <laughs> <laughs> and an author as well. Yes, yes. I know yeah. that's why we're talking today. I did write a book. Yeah, you wrote uh, a few books. Yeah. Yes, yeah, we could talk about that. Uh, one you're interested in is my latest one that uh, does revolve around running and it is a novel yeah. uh, called the unforgiving line yes. and uh, you read it and we got in touch and here we are. Oh so. yeah. Well, it's a beautiful book. I got it right here and uh, yeah, I loved it, man. Um, when I first received it in the mail, I'm not going to lie. I took a look at the cover and thought, oh, okay, like maybe, maybe a, um, you know, nothing against it, but maybe a self-published book, you know, uh, kind of a cheesy stock photo of the, um, the shoes on the front. But then as I read the book, these shoes were an important part of the book. So yeah, this picture is, uh, is, is very fitting to the book and, 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 uh, just made the picture look that much cooler to me anyways. 
But we can talk um, about those actual shoes later if you like. Oh, so that, sweet. Okay, yeah. I figured there was a story behind it all. So <laughs> as as every writer has many many stories. Um, so you're from Wisconsin and you're a lifelong runner. So you grew up in the Milwaukee area, right? Yes, I have a suburb okay. called Greendale, but um, the south side of Milwaukee. Uh, I've lived here quite a bit of my life, but I did spend a few years out in Arizona, briefly San Diego. My youth, uh, wayward. My one of my son calls it my lost year when I was kind of bouncing around a little bit when I was really young, um, and uh, went to school in Minnesota, but pr- primarily Wisconsin. Okay, okay. And how long have you been running? Well, uh, boy, you know, freshman year before freshman year cross country. So I'm okay. 61. So that's 47 years doing the math. Nice. Um, never, you know, I never really have stopped. I mean, as you get older, things change a little bit as far as the ability, of course, uh, the miles you can put on you. And I segued into other things like cycling and things like that. But running has always been the cornerstone of, of my activity and my competition. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. Why running? Um, did you just fall in love with it immediately or what was it about running for you that really yeah, caught you? Um, I did fall in love with it immediately, but partly I was very small and I loved all the major sports. I wanted to play baseball, football, basketball. Um, but I was started high school. I was 88 pounds, um, literally five foot tall. I really didn't even grow through high school. I graduated 105 pounds. I was really the smallest kid in school, which wasn't the best of times. I'll be quite honest, (laughs) but I could compete in running. Um, that, that doesn't always have a size barrier there, even though it was hard being, you know, uh, growing late. Um, and I couldn't really compete in the other sports. So it was always you know, cross country track. And, and then as I grew, kept running through the really the rest of my life, because it just became kind of part of me. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, cool. And you're still running these days? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't want to talk big miles, but I ran about six miler yesterday. Nice. I'll still, there hasn't been so many races. Obviously, they're starting up again. Uh, so I'll, I did a 10k a bit ago, kind of in the in the woods a bit. Um, I like doing duathlons and things that, you know, they're riding also. So, um, so I mix it up. I just kind of alternate days almost seems to work better for me that I can, uh, just, it just seems to work better for me all these days with my body and such. So, yeah, well, it sounds like you're still competing too. If you're jumping into these races, are you still doing marathons or, you know, I thought about one last year and then obviously pandemic a year and a half ago. I don't know if a knee would handle it right now. That's okay. uh, it's a, okay. I hate to sound like an old man, but, yeah. but there's a reality there. Sometimes I, I did a half, I don't two years ago or so. And, you know, I was a little beat up for a week limping around. My wife doesn't think that's real smart of me when you're kind of trapped. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure I'd like to, and I, I haven't done a ton of marathons. I, I got laid into long distance like that in my thirties, late thirties and did a, did a handful of them. Um, and since then, you know, you get in the life gets in the way with the kids and marriage, not, not in the way, but involved, you know, work and everything. So I never stopped running. Haven't done a marathon in a while. So it's probably been 10 to 15 years. So, yeah. Yeah. You said you discovered long distance stuff in your thirties. So did you run collegiately, like competitively, and then kind of fall out of it for a couple of years and then find marathoning or how did, what, what was it like for you? Sure. Um, I made, well, somewhat of a, I won't say I call it a mistake, but I went to UW-Madison mm. and that's really where the big boys run in order to run <laughs> at college there. Those guys are all, all Americans, Legit. you know, to be just a, a, a good local runner at the time. I, I didn't have, I couldn't have competed with that level. And I look back and wished I would have gone to a, you know, D2, three type school. I could have competed there, but going to Madison, which was a, everybody in my family kind of went to Madison. I did too. So really, I just ran on my own up there. And, you know, I do road races and all those types of things. Or, um, I, you know, you go on a 
two two hour run around Lake Monona, which is you know, 20 miles or something like that. And uh, really always on my own single, never a uh, solo runner, never trained, never really had a group coach, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I moved out to Arizona and, and after college, my first degree and um, did compete on a, like a running club, the running team through a store, mm-hmm. small sponsorship and just five, 10 Ks, things like that. Um, mediocre success because I never really had the leg speed for the 10k thing which was a big thing at the time uh, find out these guys can go out in 430 and when that's your max it doesn't work real well <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah that kind of thing so I, I wished I would have extended the distance but at the time it was all again 510ks was the thing that we all did so yeah. and I didn't yeah. think about longer things like ultras I just I just never did never bumped into people that did it never really knew much about it so sure you yeah. missed a little bit of calling there but yeah for sure so when did writing come into the picture for you um you didn't go to school for writing from what i understand i think you have a business degree and you're a chiropractor by trade Mm -hmm. um so you kind of taught yourself to write if i understand that right yeah um short story when it gets me started i do have three boys and i was always the uh get them to bed at least you know we take turns of course but and i would tell stories Mm. and i still remember specifically telling some story to my son made it up just something out of the blue. And I, I think it was about some planet and some aliens, et cetera. And it, tur- it ended up really cool. And I remember him a night or two later saying, tell me that one about the planet. <laughs> and I couldn't remember it. And he, he flat out said, dad, you need to start writing things down. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I thought, yeah, I guess you're kind of right. Cause it was a good story, but I couldn't remember for the life of me. So I started kind of doing really silly things. My first short story was called Frogzilla about a giant frog you know that my boyhood story catching these big frogs I used to like to catch and from there on I started to do you know longer things so some poetry some at times song lyrics and then eventually segued into my first novel in 2006 issue so I put that one out 2006 okay yeah and and so when was the first short story frogzilla That would have been a few years before that, I believe, you know, early two okay. thousands. Okay. And as we, uh, as we kind of, uh, you kind of mentioned, I really didn't have any specific training. Um, I did take literature courses like everybody in college, uh, but I never had any real clear cut, you know, uh, classes or advanced training. So self-taught in the sense, I started reading some books. There really wasn't, uh, maybe there was things online, but I wasn't always savvy into that. Did take some night classes like adult learning through extensions in the university here uh, to get critiqued you had, to, you had to write stories or whatever it was for that assignment for that week online type training like that uh, but mostly probably just doing and, and reading of course and you start mm-hmm. seeing patterns of literature you like and how people create stories and subplots and things like that so it was more or less uh, just learning by doing um, and being self coached in a sense running it was all the mistakes I look back and see some crap that I wrote it's sort of like your first marathon where things don't go so well or yeah, something totally. <laughs> until you maybe get tweak it out and figure out well, why did that why did I screw up or what how can I get better so yeah, really yeah. just more through doing I think uh, is how I got better yeah yeah have you always been a reader have you always been a fan of literature yeah you know I, I go in streaks right um yeah when I grew up it was a lot of uh you know Stephen King type things um even earlier than that, it was like sports, uh, very like boyhood sports novels. There was mm-hmm. writers that would put out, you know, about baseball players and things like that. Right now, some nonfiction, uh, sometimes running related, just finished Billy Rogers. Well, he's been a long time, but his Marathon Man book. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, I go in streaks of reading. Um, I'm 
doing more listening you know, i listen to a lot of music and i try to get even the song lyrics influence me or some of the phrasing and things like that so mm -hmm. different ways i feel that i you know i sort of get a creative uh motivation or, or thought flow you know th the process going in my head so yep. yep yeah no i'm the same way man like uh i'll get inspiration from a song i'm listening to or a movie i'm watching or yeah a random book that doesn't have anything to do with what i'm trying to convey in my own writing or you know the inspiration comes from all, all over the place and when you're writing a book um it, for me anyways, it's all encompassing. Like your world is kind of revolving around this process of writing this book and inspiration is coming from all different places from a conversation you overhear at a coffee shop or oh, exactly just yeah. all over the place. And you're just jotting it down. And it's like, Oh, this is going to have to go in. I know exactly where this is going to go. Um, is it very uh, all encompassing and, and, and uh, sort of methodical for you in that sense? Yeah. You know, like you said, the motivation, it's funny, even when I'm running or biking, there are many times that I'll have a phrase that pops in my head and I'll, I may have my phone with me, but I just re repeat it 10 times till I remember it because it's just a phrase that I really liked or an image that I had in my head of something I saw or even a, a little snippet of a song lyric that just just clicked like, wow, that was beautiful, you know, and so you, it, it's really hard to know when it's going to come because sometimes you get, I won't say stuck, but it's easier other times to, to create so I just got to kind of go with the flow. I'm not always sure when it's going to happen. Quite often it's when I am aerobically active, you know, I'm mm. daydreaming the subconscious and boom. So maybe some plot piece that I really hadn't figured out, like, oh man, that would be really cool. You know, I'm not consciously thinking about it, but it does, it's there. It's per, it's in the back kind of percolating away or something. So it's kind of interesting how, I don't know how the muse works, you know, but it just does somehow. Yeah, so, it's a mystery. Yeah. You just have to honor it whenever it does come. It's like, yeah. okay, thank you. I'm going to use this. And, uh, yeah, so I run home and write it down or something before. And I hope I can read my scribble later on of what I wrote down. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. Um, so when you first started writing your first book, what was that mm -hmm. process like? Did you know from the beginning, I'm setting out to write a book? Did you have the storyline set? Um, or was it just like my first book was kind of a mess. You know, I had written down all kinds of stuff in journals, first person, third person, you know, all sorts of different angles and, and different variations. And eventually was just like, okay, once I had all these notebooks full, it's like, okay, there's a story in here somewhere. Let mm -hmm, me, mm -hmm. it's like, it's like chipping away at the stone to make uh, yeah, something beautiful, you know? So um, what was the, what was your first book like in the process? And I'm assuming you were just writing it at night, like between jobs, right. between, you know, your family life. Um, what, but what was yep. it like? Yeah, I can still remember I, I did a lot just even in notebooks, just again, scribbles. My kids would be at soccer games and I'd be in the corner, you know, between games or just running around, screwing around. And I'm in the corner like a loser just writing. Things <laughs> <in my notebook. laughs> um, I don't want to sound like I'm always in the same, uh, you know, niche, but uh, it was also a running novel called The Gift, A Runner Story. And, and the other four in between are totally different than that. But um, I wanted many years ago, like many of us that uh, if you read some running novels, uh, John Parker's book, Once a Runner, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of the cornerstone of, you know, people always say that's the best novel, runner, not running novel. I read that. I don't even know when it must have been 70s, early 80s. And it, when I started running, I thought I wanted to give back something and do, do something about running. And this was about a collegiate runner at, um, had some personal difficulties. I didn't really ever have an exact um, plot line of how it was going to go, but I did entwine, like see, Steve Prefontaine was still a big influence, still is, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So he, this, he's entwined in the story, some of his uh, quotes and things. 
Um, and it's set in Milwaukee, which I do base most of what I write kind of on what I can see where I've been, mm -hmm. where I can visualize it in my head. Um, and, and, I, and that's funny that I, do, I consider that my infant work, my, my starting point. And I look back and it has parts that I think are really good, but I look back and I've gotten better. Um, but it did sell quite well. Uh, Let's Run had it on their title page there. Weldon Johnson liked it quite a bit and he gave a nice review and that got it out to the masses. And so I sold a moderate amount of this self-published book. Nice. Uh, even though, again, it's my, I think I've gotten, everyone's gotten better along the way, but that was starting point of even learning how to do it. Yeah. And I do remember, I think I thought it was done at 30,000 words, which a novel is usually 80,000 mm -hmm. words. Mm -hmm. Um, I was thinking, what the hell? This is like peanuts. You know, this is not this is not a full thing. So I kept working and developing and adding layers and characters and things. So again, I kind of ground through that one without having really the understanding of what it took or, or how to do it correctly. So, but in, you know, stood up to some quotes I still see out there as far as use from that book, which is kind of funny. I'll see it in different countries that there's a certain uh, paragraph that has been used quite often. For oh, motivation. no kidding. Okay. So I'll see it in different places. So. Yeah, well, and that's... there I did some other things too, and that's so whatever it is. That's fourteen years later, another you know my sixth, I guess. So yeah, yeah, well, yeah. that's pretty awesome. Um, and I definitely heard the inspiration from Once a Runner from James Parker in in the book. I could I could see the influence there. Um, you know, it's funny when I read um your latest book, The Unforgiving Line. Um, I was really touched by it, but um, just looking back on all the books that I've read, there's a few different influences that I heard kind of sort of infused into the book. And I don't, I don't even know if you've read these books, but I wanted to, to, to run them by you to see if you've ever heard these guys. Um, so one was Once a Runner by James Parker, which obviously you've read that one. Have you ever read The Willow Tree by Hubert Selby Jr.? No, I have okay. not. Okay. You might have to put that on your list. The Willow Tree. Okay. The Willow Tree. Yeah. And then... Um, the Journey of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. I, I, I recognize the title, but no, I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> I, I keep okay. striking out. You're gonna <laughs> no, no. That's actually cool because um, I like it when uh, it's like, okay, it sounds like this guy was influenced by this, this, and this, and mm -hmm. then he and then he goes, I've never heard those guys. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, he does have an original, cool style. So mm -hmm. it's actually kind of cooler that you didn't hear of these guys. Okay. But um, I don't want to plagiarize, though. So. <laughs> no, no, no plagiarism at all. But there's sort of the timeless story of, um, you know, the, the older gentleman teaching the younger man the, the, the ways, you know, and, and in mm -hmm. this book, it's through running. And, um, you know, th that story has been told through many different genres and, you know, Star Wars and just a bunch of different ones out there. Um, with this book, what made you settle on that particular story? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Well, because, as you mentioned, I do have an older influence. Um, I... I think I, I think I see myself in both characters. Mac is the older runner that had a failed um, youth. He had some success, but at a moment of potential glory, he he failed. And I never really had that particular moment. But I look back, and you have regrets of of, of things you wish you would have done. 
and things you wish you would have known at the time. Uh, and you look back and you have more wisdom. And DJ, the younger runner, in a sense, is partly me, a stubborn headed younger runner. Again, I didn't have his talent, but I was very stubborn. I can do this myself. I don't need coaching. I'll just keep grinding out miles and I'll get better. And before I know it, I was always injured or coming back from injury or something like that. So it was kind of a blending of maybe two pieces of my life. And it doesn't mean that everything either character says is you because that makes me people think you're nuts or something if you yeah. just <laughs> right. but they're but they're elements of you the older and the youth and and uh you know trying to teach or maybe and i even wanted to write for younger runners in a sense that maybe they would get some perspective and things mm -hmm. too from an older wise and veteran and i was able to draw on some of the past history of, of distance running within the book and because the older character had had could bring that into his teaching if you will or coaching of the younger runner mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. uh, so it's just kind of blending generations of runners the, the the old school guys who really seemed to like the book and and the younger you know younger runner was the was a currently a high schooler yeah yeah so. um when you sit down to put pen to paper um why did you decide to to um I guess for me, when I started writing, it was really easy for me to write in the first person to talk about my mm -hmm. own experiences from the past. Um, why did you decide against that? Like, why did you sit down and decide I want to make up this fictional character and sort of build a world for him rather than writing about your own experiences? Because it sounds like you've had a bunch. Yeah, um, as far as the person, each book that I've written, it just sort of naturally flows from what perspective. And I don't know, I think they're all a little bit different. I I do have one before this was more first person. And I, it just seems like somehow either any particular style may work what I'm trying to say. And I don't, I guess I constantly have to choose, but it just sort of, when I start writing, it just sort of comes out from a perspective. And so that just, I don't know, it just happens naturally somehow. I don't know if that really answered the question, yeah, yeah. but uh, no, I get it. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, when I start these stories, it isn't, um, I don't always have a concrete, uh, pathway in line as far as what exactly the story is going to involve i just have sort of sometimes a character a torch a, a a a wounded character in emotionally whatever it is and start and sometimes see, i'm surprised where it takes me sometimes and that's mm. another style some folks plan a whole book and that's fine that's great for them a b z d all the different chapters and characters written down and what the characters are i don't tend to function that real, real well i have to let it just kind of develop and then sometimes i'm surprised a character might be different than i probably thought he might be so i just <laughs> kind of let it flow more you know that's sort so. of a special moment though when this character just sort of builds itself into something that you weren't necessarily planning on um so is for you personally is there a lot of rewrites do you go through a lot of drafts oh heck yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um uh some it's funny because I, I when you're writing there are different elements of it and sometimes it is after creating of the new word the new sentences and sometimes you have to be in a quite a zone that i'm in a creative mode to 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 do that and, and that i'm not too tired or had a rough day or that i just feel like i got something in my head i got to get out sometimes it's just completely rewriting so i probably i don't know spent i'm sure uh, hundreds of hours on rewrites mm. you know even each breaking down each sentence and omit needless words is a is a you know a famous phrase where you're just getting rid of an extra word that makes it seem longer or a small phrase and so deleting things to make it more concrete to, and, and crisper writing so and it's a weird thing i generally i do like rewriting which i was talking to someone else that writes that he hates it and i i really don't i somehow i can i can sit there and just cross out words and make it what i think is a little better you do it 10 times and maybe it's the best it's going to get mm. um so there's i couldn't even estimate how many hours i would probably put in 
rewriting and or proofing maybe is another you know kind of a concept yeah. same concept i guess but yeah yeah, yeah so. sounds familiar yeah um yeah. so are all of your books self-published no i have uh two by a small publisher uh is out, out west honestly i wasn't real happy with you know well let me backtrack a little bit to get into the big houses literary houses i, I did yeah. work with them uh, I, I was always projecting, trying to get agents in my first book or two. And I had a couple of bites on different things that were real close. And they went to the third person in the literary firm and they were, they were going to approve it or reject it. And then they rejected it. That's how you get into the big houses to get, you know, the bigger publishers. I found out most of those things, they want a little more of a pop presence that, you know, in a sense, not always, but is it going to, where's the money going to come? Where's, is it going to sell? You right. know, where's my name? Do I have a big name as an author? And typically, no, I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up finding out this small company that I could do most of what they did. I wasn't real impressed the one I worked with anyways, um, as far as what they did, even creating the, even creating the cover, which I, my son helps me create my own covers. And, um, and with all the uh, online things, you can, you can use different formats to get your book out there and do a reasonable job. Um, and I know sometimes it's viewed right away, self-published job must be crap. Yes and no, I, I guess it depends, but it's, it is hard to get into certain houses as i say with a, oh, a novel yeah. that might not sell of five hundred thousand books you know yeah. so that's what they want to see sometimes you know it's almost impossible nowadays i mean i'm surprised you got it into the hands of anybody honestly i mean it's yeah. hard hard work that takes a lot of queries a lot yeah. of submissions a lot of rejections just to get anybody so you to... know the word yeah the query thing people oh, think yeah. oh, how do i get my book published by you know just you know you don't just send them a copy of your paper you know oh, it's, it's a whole process it's, and a it's long... so lengthy it's it a laborious process. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. So you've been so there with, different... with the rejection thing and the frustration. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's tough. It's a tough world. And, you know, if somebody comes along with a, a big Hollywood name, like Paris Hilton, well, of course we want to publish your book. It doesn't matter if you're a good writer, like it's going to sell, right? Doesn't that make you fear, not furious, but just like this? Is no, it kind of does. <laughs> kind of does. But... <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, you understand yeah. the publishing world yeah. when something like that happens. It's like, okay, yeah. this is going to sell everywhere. It's going to make a million yeah. bucks, you know, and, and, yeah. and she's not a writer. She's not passionate about writing. And uh, yeah. she's probably got somebody doing all of her writing for her. And right, right. Know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not always that way, but there is certainly a percent. And that's that. I guess I got tired of even the length. I wanted to get things out and I know it can take months and then years before you even can get somewhere. And I felt I was able to do this, you know, enough on my own that I, partly I just wanted to produce it and, and finalize it. And yeah. from A to Z, I guess I basically did the whole thing. So that gets a sense of uh, success there too, you know, yeah. just, just doing it. So. Yeah. Yep. I totally get my, you. 100%. My stubbornness comes back again. So dude, same here, same here, hundred percent. And yeah. uh, self-publishing is kind of losing the stigma that it carried around with it for a while there, because uh, you know, yeah, at first it was like, I just want to get my book out. I, I quote unquote, almost don't even care if it's good. I just want to get my book out, you know, but nowadays big, big writers are self-publishing because they're just bypassing the middleman there. They're yeah. just, selling it on their own, you know, they upload it to Amazon and, and they can sell it on mm-hmm. their own and they're making a hundred percent of the money. You know, they're not right. making, you know, if you publish with a big publishing house, you're, you're making what 10, five, 10% of the money and the rest of the money is going to agents and the publisher. And, yep. and you know, they want you to go do a book tour and all that stuff. It's just, it, it's a headache. So a lot of people yep. are going the self-publishing route nowadays and it's more and more respected, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So, um, but yeah, just a beautiful book, man. I, I, I really enjoyed it from, from start to finish. Um, but, um, so, um, 
Let's see. What else can I ask you? Um, <laughs> your writing process, please tell me about your writing process. Um, do you write in the mornings, the evenings? Um, and it, do you start writing on paper and then put it into a computer or what's that process like for you? Um, I tend to have sweet spots more writing at night. Um, I, I have three boys and they're pretty much out of the house now and married with my wife, Sue. Um, she tends to go to bed a little early than me. She gets up earlier. So I'll have this when I'm really rolling nine to 11 or kind of a couple hours at night that I, that I will uh, dedicate towards it. And that cuts a little streaky, as I said, the energy has got to be there and, and, you know, other things in the way, but it's usually typically that kind of night writing. Mm -hmm. I can have fine time. uh, Don't tell my employers, you know, but lunch, you know, know, lunch or breaks, you know, and it may even be just jotting down a few sentences or at times there's research you know, for this one, I had to use some history of running in, involved. So you, you, there's, again, I'm kind of herky-jerky. I know I, I've read books for people that get up at, uh, you know, they talk about how to write and they'll get up four in the morning, get the cup of, a pot of coffee going and four to six is their writing time. I'm not dedicated that way. I'm consistent in a sense that when I'm really on a project that get at it, but not locked in. I guess that's because my life's not set up that way. I'm not a professional writer. That I, that's all I have to do or just getting up that early to do it. I, I tend to do it late in the evenings, weekends, same thing. If I'm stay up too late, just kind okay. of cranking things out. Okay. Laptop typically. I, I Again, I used to do it early days was a notebook and I'd mm-hmm. have some scrawls in there and try to read my own writing and writing. But now it's pretty much just, just laptop, just going. Um, this book is funny, a little story, because I did have it initially on like a flash drive and I didn't save quite a bit of, and then I took the flash drive up north. I was going to write, and I lost it. It uh, fell out of my pocket or something. Or oh other. no! So way. I had literally twenty thousand words on it, uh, and it, and and I and I lost really all of it. And I think I put it aside for months and didn't uh, pick it up because I just was like, I can't do this. I, yeah. I screwed up, you know. Yeah. And so obviously now I save a little better. <laughs> Don't do it that way. But but that was a. Uh, pretty stupid error on my part but uh, I remember looking for that thing my sister is looking for weeks to try to find it and just <laughs> so I've but, made uh, that error that error is yeah. horrible yeah it's like uh, for me it was like losing a child you know I was like <laughs> oh it's gone there's no yes. way I could ever reproduce it there's no yes. way you know yeah but, and I don't remember exactly again because I don't have the initial version but I, I I think started fresh and maybe it turns out that it's better than what I would have done I yeah. you know that sometimes you you got to start over. And, and again, I have some things that I've started that sort of hit a wall a little bit that it just didn't flow anymore. And I wasn't sure it was worth it or I lost the passion. So, you know, sometimes restarting may not be a bad thing. It's, it's emotionally hard because you felt like you wasted time or something, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. You got to grind through it. It's just yeah. like, again, a bad race. You can't quit running. You just right. got to regroup. Yep. You know, so. yep. Yep. Yeah, that's what it's all about is the perseverance. Yeah. So when you started this book, did you have the concept of Mac and DJ, the older gentleman, the younger kid, and um, running as kind of their, the bridge between them? Um, was that sort of the, the impetus for this? Or how did it start for you in your head? Yeah, um, I'd always we went back to, you know, John Parker's book. Um, I it always over the years, I always wanted to write better than my first running novel, even though I'd done, you know, four things in between. Uh, I wanted to write in my mind what I could craft as my best work. And without sounding egotistical, I wanted some somebody to say, you know, that's it, it, it on par, it's in that ballpark or something. Mm-hmm. And John Parker, and I have gotten reviews that have 
more than once said they even liked it more than Parker's. Again, that's a different era writing and his was 70s, mine more modern times. But um, so it was always about, I had, I think it's generated in my head that I bounced around ideas about the generations of writing for uh, years until I finally said, I got to get this done. You know, I, I got to do this one. I, 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 I kind of alluded to this before that I, running has helped me so much on any, every level, physical and mental, mental health and all these positive things that we get from it. I wanted to sort of give back to running a little bit of my own small little world that how much I appreciate it and how much it meant to me. Um, so I, and so that characters, like I say, they, I, DJ comes from a Chicago kind of a mixed race marriage and a, a troubled kid. Um, current state of the world, I, 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 it isn't really a racially motivated book, but I wanted to blend that. He moves up north and he's a little bit fish out of water. And again, a couple of my books are based up north, uh, Wisconsin. Um, I wanted to use that as scenario because I mean that it's a it's a different world up there. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, you know, from that area, you know, different areas, you can maybe visualize it how it would be different for a city kid to move up north and mm -hmm. and and try to fit into the world. You know, that's we all have trouble with that in some part of our life probably fitting in. And I wanted to use this that fish out of water type theme yeah. um, and with running as maybe some salvation for him and the older runner too to have some redemption and forgiveness of himself for his own failures the older character so mm -hmm. i guess that rambled there but uh yeah like i say it sometimes it was just two characters in my mind and there we go i, I start writing and see where it takes me or yeah. that storyline in a sense so yeah yeah and the ending i did have a rough idea about the ending because for, for different reasons i won't give that away but i yeah. that one i had a little bit of an idea at the end as far as the very last few pages how i might wrap it up a little bit so yeah. Yeah, but I didn't know seventy eight thousand words in between. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, without giving the ending away, I will say I was pretty much on the edge of my seat as I was reading it. Like I think I almost broke a sweat. So good, and, and that's where you want your reader to be. So yeah. the ending definitely did what it was supposed to do. Do you remember when you sat down and in the very beginning process of this book and like what the first scene of the book was that you wrote, or like what the first few words were? We, we talked before, if, I, I think when I started it, the first few words, I, I mentioned Bloodshot Moon. And I can remember that's out of a Tom Waits song he was singing oh, at one point. I almost called it. I almost oh, said that. Yes. I, I should have waited. I, should I love it. Tom Waits. No, no, no. Um, yeah. Grapefruit Moon, Bloodshot Moon. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And, and, I, and I remember that. What a beautiful kind of contrast in, in good and bad, light and darkness. And so this gentleman, yeah, my Mac, I had him at night walking and kind of just roughly bumps into the other runner. So it was just sort of a chance meeting that their worlds had collided in a sort of a, a, a strange way, running in the starlight and uh, up north kind of a thing. And they didn't really talk more than a few words. It was just a, you know, a little chance meeting, but it jarred the older runner, his memories of his youth that he never quite overcame. And and I did alternate perspective each chapter, if you can see that from perspective of the older, the younger. And so you kind of, I hope you can get inside both heads and understand totally. where they're coming from, their motivations, their past, their angst, their anger, their success, failures, broken homes, whatever it might be. So um, I, I, like I said, just took it there, just the two, two on a lonely road and up north and worlds collide and see what happens. Wow, so, that's cool. 
um, from a writer's point of view, or like I'm, I'm kind of an armchair writer from a wannabe writer's point of view, like I, I just geek out on that stuff. And I just love the <laughs> fact that that was how you started it in your mind. That was where it started because um, it's pretty much the beginning of the book, but it's, uh, mm-hmm. that's beautiful, man. I, I, that, that's the stuff I geek out on. So I love it, yeah. man. I love yeah. it. Well, um, I, not to interrupt you, but just the same concept. The, um, the one book I really loved reading about writing was called On Writing by Stephen King. Oh, he, writes, he writes a wonderful book about he did not like people that had kind of, like I said before, had note cards and again, not being critical, but it's sort of letting the story develop. And that's how I always, for me, worked. And I felt like I was doing it wrong because other books I read said, you should do this and I'm doing this where I just let it kind of flow. And But his book is exactly opposite. Just let the let the characters develop and they'll take you places you never thought they'd go. Mm-hmm. So he's got a really cool book on it. I think I've read that five or six times mm-hmm. as far as validating at least the way it works for me and again that's that's the bottom line you got to figure out how it works how you can make things how you can create on your own yeah so that that that's uh, a part of the writing process i'd recommend someone looking at that if they want to at least get an idea about how to create i guess how to say it yeah yeah it's a great book and um it it's included in that book, uh, Stephen King's story about how he was writing the story Carrie and uh, decided to throw it away. And his wife came in and picked it out of the yeah. garbage and read the read it and said, "Look, you got to do something with this." And yes. you know, eventually, it was a book, then a movie, yep. and on went his career. So, yeah, um, that's interesting. I remember that piece. That's uh, that's funny. That's know? crazy. You never know. No one's. I haven't gotten a Carrie type book out there yet, but that'd be nice. <laughs> I'm gonna be surprised. <laughs> Um, as someone who's sort of self-taught, um, were there a lot of doubts in your head? Were there a lot of times you said, man, this is silly. I'm a chiropractor. I have another life to live. Maybe I should just hang this thing up or were, were your sights set on this thing? Yeah, I never, you know, I'd have moments where you stop for a bit, a days, a week or something, but I never really doubted I would finish this because I said, is in my mind for years that I'd wanted to write my best running oriented novel, even though I don't, I think there's other elements here as far as family and other, you know, things uh, that I, that I entwine in there. So I never really believed I wouldn't finish it. I mean, at times you might, I never really get writer's block, but it just, it's just the energy or other things going on that you kind of put it on, on back burner. But that's when I would do something like proofing or, or looking into the, some other history and other runners and and things like that. or I'd work on on the cover, or there's different production things that are, that are harder, even thinking about marketing. There's always all these angles that you're doing. So I never really felt I wouldn't finish. No, I, I'm like a lot of runners, you're just stubborn. You're going to grind through. It, grind I, it you out. Do, I have done other, you just, there's no freaking way I'm not going to finish. You know, yeah. it may not be pretty, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're going to get there. So was it that way with your earlier books as well? Yeah, you know, I, I never really thought about not finishing them I don't okay. know once I get started and if I'm really committed to an idea and I think it's one that it has value and is, I'm passionate about I I never really uh, had the thought process of, of stopping again some take longer than others some flow a little easier sometimes it was a character or an event I wrote one about a there was it's an awful story actually in real life two two girls in Oak Creek Wisconsin near me that stood in front of a train and committed suicide and I thought what could drive someone to that point as a young person to to do that and so it's a little bit darker in a sense about it's a teenage type novel about uh, one commit character commit suicide you know so that would it just drove me and i had this idea that i that, that i incorporated in a book it was just again one horrible moment that i wanted 
that somehow I wanted to write a story about that high school time frame. So young adult novel is how they phrase it. But mm-hmm. so it, it may just be some event or a person that I met. Another one's about a, uh, a recluse up north. He, we used to call him the, uh, gosh, what's the word we used to use? Well, I can't think of the word offhand, but he lived next door and he'd only come out at night from this little cabin. And I was a young kid and he was this freaky man that lived the night. As I got older, like, what would make a guy just pull away from society, you know, mm-hmm. and just live in this little cabin by himself? Mm-hmm. And so I wrote a story about him and he had PTSD and other problems and things like that. So it can just be a, an image or a person that to me is enough to get, create a story about that person. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Okay, so you live a life where you are married, you have a job, you're a chiropractor. Um, from the outside looking in, think, things seem pretty good, right? But in order to write some of these darker stories, you have to have some sort of darkness in your life. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as I I'm say sm- that, you smile because I, I think well, you know where I'm going. And I'm just wondering. Well, I'm smiling, like, number one, because my, my wife says, is, should, should I get help? Is there something wrong? Uh, yes, with you? yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And if, if I'm get, I, I'm totally guessing here, but I'm guessing the writing is sort of a, a version of therapy for you almost. Um, I have to you know, yeah. you're, you're, you're getting these things out and, and you're turning characters into maybe these, these darker places in your mind. Um, does that resonate? Like, is there any darkness in your life? Have you had past trauma or anything crazy like yeah. that? Good question. And I, I would say not overt trauma. No. Mm-hmm. And, and I know it sounds sad. Uh, I want to sound like pity me or something, but really that high school formative years when I was this little person, this hundred pound boy with among men in a sense, even competing, but never feeling like you fit in. That was really a horrible time for me personally. And you keep so much in your head and trying to make sense of the world and not feel like you're, you're always on the outside looking in. And, and that was sort of what I remember about high school and running kind of saved me because the one thing I could do fairly well, I could compete, you know? So that was, was a no brainer to do the one thing I was good at. Um, so I think that some of the darkness was that really rough time as a, as a, a youth when I, I grew so late and it probably caused some anxieties and, and just inner turmoil kind of a thing like that, that I think I draw back on with some of the characters, um, whether it's DJ or whether this young adult novel that there, there's some of those things. So, so as far as over trauma, no, I had a wonderful raising. I come from a family of 10 kids and great parents. And wow. um, so I would say nothing uh, dramatic that I, that I had. We all have internal stresses and some was probably even self-created looking back mm-hmm. and what's just who you are you don't know why you, you think the way you do at a certain time in your life and you're trying to fit in and even college at times kind of not not sure what direction to go mm-hmm. I, I got a business degree have no interest in it but I was okay I'm in business school I guess I'll finish so I went out to Arizona and worked a few years was going to come back and go to medical school us and I was going to go into sports medicine and then I segued into chiropractic so kind of a, a lost years where I really wasn't had no real foundation of who I was mm-hmm. um, so I guess that's my kind of teenage angst or whatever young adult angst story until I maybe got it together in my mid-20s or whatever you want to say mm-hmm. so and hopefully reasonably healthy yeah. <laughs> without too much darkness <laughs> but I do I don't I can draw on some characters that make them a little I don't know, uh, ugly or dark. And I don't know exactly where that comes from. Sometimes sure. it's like, Whoa, that's, uh, is, I, maybe I should get therapy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you should just keep writing. <laughs> <laughs> and that may be it. That may be the therapy I use. Uh, yeah. I guess that's what you're, what I'm, what you're yeah. saying. When you were a kid and you saw that guy who was a recluse who just mm-hmm. kind of lived by himself, um, was there a fascination with that character? It, it must've stuck with you in one way or another. Yeah. Um, 
I, and I don't know why a simple thing like that would generate right. a story because right. it is just a, a person, but I just remember this shadowy character. And then you're, and I think we all would lock the doors at night, like as a kid, you know, you, cause he's going to come with an ax or maybe your brother told you a story or something. Yeah, yeah. It just scared, 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 scare you. Um, so I, I don't know why that simple fact would, uh, uh, create that type of a character. So, yeah, yeah. but, uh, and I, I did write a, just my last novel. I did, I bike from, uh, Wisconsin to Arizona when I, after my first career. Huh. And, and so I have a story about an older person, roughly my age, who's recreating that, that ride, which I still want to do again, to be honest, as I wind down my career to do, I did a solo trip many years ago, uh, bicycling and camping, but he's, he had an awful life, a broken life and multiple divorce life and has lost connection with his son. So he's doing this bike ride to reflect on his past and eventually comes to again, sort of some redemption at the end when he hits mm. this time the coast. Mm. So, um, again, that was an experience that I actually did. So I can draw back on riding again as a youth, but looking back as an older person on the sins of youth or whatever you want to call it. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I find that fascinating the way you, you know, you take parts of, of your life and, and infuse that into the story. And then also you're using your imagination, you're including a lot of fiction, uh, you can create these characters and you can create this world. And uh, yeah, it's all interesting, man. I, I geek out on all this stuff. Like I said, um, tell me about the red shoes on the cover of the book. Oh, yes. <laughs> I know you mentioned initially a stock photo and I'll say no, those are those are mine and my brothers from the early 1970s. Oh, no way. Yes. Ah, um, so cool. My, yeah. Uh, I've been told it's I, on Facebook and these older runners, Adidas Tokyo is what they've, what they've told me all okay. spikes. Uh, so they were like, I think I probably got them in 1973. Um, and I, I took, that's a picture that I just took and, and my, my son helps me with some of that, mm -hmm. but me and my brothers ran in those back in the early seventies. So we left some blood and sweat in the shoes. Um, and my, my brother had found them in his house. I think the last, even my youngest brother had found them in his basement and said, Paul, I think these initially were yours. Do you want them? I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Yes, you know? I want them. And so I incorporated them into the storyline also. Yep. Um, so those are, those are legit shoes that were worn way back in, wow. in my day. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> so, yeah. And they play a cool part in the story too. So uh, yeah. very fitting. Um, so cool, man. Um, how long did this book take to write? A good 18 months, I would say, from okay. start to finish. Okay. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe a tad. I think I'm including the misplaced one, too, that I might have started and then restarted, right. you know, sort of a thing. Uh, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but typically it's going to be a year plus for the, anything that I've written. Mm -hmm. Again, some go a little quicker than others, or maybe they're lengthier than others and, you know, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but again, the production can take quite a while for self-publish because you get a copy back and there's problems with it and you're trying to figure out how to fix it because it doesn't look good. And right away, that's the first thing some people look at. It looks like crap. It's laid out wrong. There's spaces between paragraphs. There, you know, all sorts of things to correct. So that's a mechanical thing, but that takes time too. Mm -hmm. um, and then you get it out and promotion is a whole different world. If you've gotten books, that's a different animal too, trying to get a self-published book out there. But, but it got some nice legs on you know, Facebook site, you know, I know a lot of old folks use that more than younger guys like <laughs> you, but you know, you know, um, but you know, I've had, it's really been neat because I, I had sent some complimentary copies to people who knew people, but like Billy Rogers gave me a review and Jack Foltz won Boston, Marty LaQuarrie's an Olympic, 
miler and sub four minute miler high school, you know, to kind of hobnob or get emails from some of these guys. Uh, Billy Mills sent me an email also that you won you know, Olympics in 64, mm-hmm. I believe, you know, just some of these people that I kind of bumped in through, they enjoyed the work and looking back at running and all that kind of thing, it kind of hit their heyday. So yeah. Yeah. it's been pretty cool in that regard to have some, that's been as much as fun as anything is to, I never, who the hell did I, I never thought I'd meet these people that are really legends, some of them in the, in the running world. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, do you ask them for blurbs about your book? Yeah, some I did. Some kind of came on their own because again, I, I again, I would connect like Roy Perung, who was an ultra hall of fame runner. I'm not sure if you know Roy, he's 70 now, but he's, he's in the ultra hall of fame and he, he knows everybody. And so he got one of Billy Rogers and a couple other people. Then one got connected with Marty LaQuarrie. And, you know, so I did send them them and at times they would send me a short note. I'd say, can you, you know, can I use a blurb or something they said? And Jack Fultz from Boston, he won in 76, I believe, 77, um, 75, one of those. Um, he sent a beautiful couple of paragraphs to put on Amazon because he just loved it. So it, so I did have to ask for some or they just offered them. So, yeah. Um, but again, that's pretty neat stuff to kind of feel like, yeah, you touched some people. So that was ah, fun. Totally. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, did you hire an editor for this or how does that work for you? Yeah, no, I, I did not. Uh, okay. I, because I, I feel, and again, you, it, we're all, you can be critique, critique me if you want. I feel comfortable with me self-editing. So I For really sure. did everything myself. Okay. Um, I, I didn't find too many, sometimes with other books, I look back and I found a few little bumps that I should have cleaned up better, but I think I've looked at this one so much that I didn't, did not use anybody. And I'll come back again. I, I it's, it's sort of a stubbornness that I want to do it myself again, good or bad, how I live my life. I'm just maybe built that way. So I ended up just rereading and proofing so many times that I'm hoping you didn't find too many mistakes. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I was just curious. Yeah. Um, so did you send this to a self-publishing house or I know a lot of not, a lot of people nowadays are just uploading it to Amazon and doing that process yeah. or what was it like yeah. for you? Well, I used Lulu publishing. Okay. I used them for a couple other things too, because I knew the mechanics there. Mm. I knew how it worked. And so once I kind of figured out them and I get, I feel like the product came out nice as far as the, the, the quality, because mm-hmm. uh, I've seen other ones where the pages are falling off the back. Someone else's that was self-published, even just the binding was awful or something. Mm-hmm. I felt like they did a pretty good job. And I think they're one of the bigger ones. I know Amazon's huge. They own everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, and that's where most people can find it. Everybody goes to Amazon to get everything. Yeah. Uh, you can get it at Lulu also, but um, they, they just worked for me because that was the first one I'd done and I knew how their machinery worked for the most part. So I stuck with them um, because of that. Yeah. So, cause it's, it can be complicated again. I'm not Mr. Tech. So that, that takes some time trying to figure that piece of the puzzle out. It so. does, man. And if you're anything like me, it, it's like, I'm, I'm good at sitting down and writing the book. Like that's the, that's for me, the easy part. The hard part yeah. is, you know, finding the, the right publishing company or the press that's going to print it. And uh, being my own advertiser, getting my name yes. out. I'm like, I'm not interested in any of that stuff. I yeah. just want to write. And when the writing's done, I usually have another idea brewing in my head and I'm right <laughs> down and write that one, you know? Um, right. So I don't know about you, but the, the, the marketing part is, is harder. Cause that's that self-promotion pat yourself on the back. Here I am. Look at right. me. It's really, it's an uncomfortable thing, you know, to, to do that real well. Uh, like you're, I don't know, like people are going to think it sucks and, but they're afraid to tell you that it sucks or something, yeah. you yeah. know, the, the promotion thing is a difficult thing for 
for that was the hardest thing for me. So I did more through online, but that's a trickier one. I never quite grasped exactly how to to do that. Uh, uh, me neither. You know, and I'm, frankly, I'm not really even interested in that that aspect yeah. of it either. You know, like. Yeah. Um, the writer's job is to write and right. not, not be their own promoter, especially with a work of fiction. It's harder to sort of uh, put your name out there. And, and like, if, if this was a book about you and your life and how to get fit at your age, and there's a picture of you with your shirt off on the front cover of the book, you know, that <laughs> zero sales, zero sales. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a little bit easier to come out and say, look, this is what I'm trying to do. Like, yeah, I guess. here's my point of view. Like if you follow these plans, you can be fit at this age you know it's it's a little bit easier but when you're when you're coming out with a, a, a fiction piece saying here's the story i made up you know and like you know yeah. it, it's just hard to promote your own stuff it's it yeah. is i'm a, a lot less personality i'm a little more of a back burner type person i don't always i'm not good at front and center i don't prefer to be there yeah. i i do like you know sometimes i observe and just watch people and that's how you even get creative ideas but point being is i'm not always going to be the, the loudest person in the room and some other folks might they love it. They, they, they that, that's, that works for them and that's yeah. fine, but doesn't for me. And many yeah. runners, I don't know if they're all going to be that way. Distance runners, I don't think tend to be that way. No, I don't think so. Not their nature. They're not the, <laughs> watching the trials this week. There's sprinters, you know, uh, beating their chest and the, the distance runners are, you know, just walking away, <laughs> trying to crawl off the track. So yes, it's a little different. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we can make this happen, Paul. I think that you and I have a lot of things in common, just uh, chatting with you for a few minutes here. It sounds like uh, we have uh, a lot of the same background. So um, all yeah, interesting. Yeah, you're a Wisconsin stuff. boy. So good, good for you. Totally, gives you totally. Little, gives you yep. a little backbone. Yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> and uh, our mutual friend, Richard Dodd, sent me over a photo of uh, you guys running together in uh, 1995. And you right. just barely outkicked him at the finish line. It's a great yeah. photo. It's a, you know, Richard found that, uh, I don't sent me a copy and I, I don't think I'd seen it and it, uh. yeah, we're both in our, gosh, I would have been, I guess, mid late thirties, 37. And Richard was in a great, and you know, his podcast, a great marathoner. And he was essentially, he tells me he was coming back then. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kicked your butt. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I do remember that moment because that was as much pain as I think I had at the end of a race, but I really wanted to, to beat Richard. So yeah, yeah. I got him by second or something like that. But uh, I, I physically remember that. Oh God, that hurt. <laughs> well, the time on the clock was 247. I wrote it down yeah. because that's a pretty stout marathon time. So you yeah, were- like I say, for being, uh, I, you know, with, I don't know, married three kids and just training Sunday mornings before dawn just to get a 20 miler. And, you know, it, yeah, it was reasonable. You know, I wish I would have done them younger. As you look back, as I said, when I, in my youth, when I had time and ability, just never thought about doing that distance then just didn't dawn on me. So yeah. missed opportunity, but it's the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. That's gotta, the, yeah. yeah. We're all full of missed opportunities, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. That's all part of it. Right. Um, what's next for you? Do you have uh, another book in the works, something brewing in the head? Yeah, I, I, I'm stumbling on one right now that I'm kind of stuck around 30,000 because it, it just sort of doesn't grab me as much. And so I don't know if I'm going to end up stopping. It's another, it's a fiction novel about sort of, I wouldn't call them hillbillies, but they live in a trailer and, and a lottery comes into play. It's kind of a whimsical story mm-hmm. in a sense, but it's also commentary on life and greed and other things, but I can't quite get it going. And I just jotted down some ideas about a, another sort of a, a high school angst novel. So I, it, I had a dream and I woke up and I jotted down something. So I'm still working, I getting, if I can formulate that. And I, we've I've had some things get in the way on a personal level. So I can't quite get to things at, in the moment. So 
I'm sure there'll be something. And again, when it grabs me, I think I can just kind of take hold and, and get going on it. So okay. but I've lately written a few things, even puts an awesome song lyrics. I, I like that sort of thing also. Nice. Uh, I'm called poetry, but just some, some ideas I had there too. So I have a band in the area that I want to get some of them to, to, to them. It's a beautiful female singer. She would be interested in, you know, so uh, there's something kind of going on, even though it's not a hardcore novel you know yeah. full length or things like that it's just different things cool well that's yeah. the act of creativity right there i mean it's not always going to be what people want you to do like i just finished this book and from my point of view it's like okay i want him to write the next book what's the next book going to be <laughs> but you know you're the creative person it's like yeah i just want to sit down i want to write a poem i want to you know uh, write some yeah. song lyrics so there's nothing wrong with that that's all part of the process yeah. man yeah right right yeah, that's life. So where it, where it flows all the time, but yeah, go with it. So are you a musician as well? <laughs> I'm laughing again because, uh, in my old man, uh, uh, state, I did my wife. We, I just last Christmas had her get me electric guitar. Ah, <laughs> so, okay. So I have a lot in a little amp and we have an old barn that I've taken from time to time, kind of a few power chords very badly. Playing, <laughs> so I don't, play music uh one of my goals is to take some lessons as i get a little more time opening up to just start to learn i did play a little bit of acoustic for a while and then i put that aside but i, I really just want to bang out some ramones and just be, be ah, there you go <laughs> yes just, just play for fun <laughs> just play some noise there's just so one more thing have we have in common man stage. i love the ramones so that's just what oh, really we have in common we got tom waits okay. ramones running writing we've got it all man yeah. this is great <laughs> and we're both from wisconsin <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> well that's, that's cool funny. man um yeah. yeah i mean uh poetry is is you know it's funny like i'm not a huge fan of reading poetry but i love writing it you know do you okay yeah are you kind of the same way or do you enjoy reading poetry i no i don't really read it no and i i i we going back again to music i mean i love some of the songwriters you mentioned if you're already like but i i go back to again my era patty smith pete townshend different folks that just just the use of words and images and and anger and whatever angst and um so i guess i feel like that's my listening to poetry versus i guess i suppose reading it and uh, so I, I on my spotify list it, if you make it it means i there's something special about it in my mind anyways mm. you know that and again it may be songwriter sometimes it's just fun songs yeah. but that that's a motivating thing to for me to is that music on if i'm even doing chores or i uh, running something like that 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 i think gets my brain stimulated as far as just the images created by i'll call them poets even though they may be musicians it's, I, they are you know some of them are 100 whatever you want to call them they're they're special they're special gifts yeah so yeah that, that works for me for sure um it yeah. seems like uh you're writing and this is the only book of yours that i've read so far but mm -hmm. it just from what you said it seems like you kind of fall into the young adult novel type of book do you feel like that's a genre that sort of calls your name or um, like this, it feels like this could be a young adult novel. Oh, okay. You know? And I don't know that it was necessarily described that way. Yeah. And I hope no. that's not insulting in any way to no, you. No, no, no. No, that could be some, there's some good things out there. I mean, that's yeah. a phase of life that's important enough to market to reach or people that, you know, if, I don't know how many of them kids read. Most I think are doing. I know that's the books, thing. You know, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, audio books is what I, my sons listen to. And so. Yeah. Uh, actually, I had some talk about getting this an audio book. A, a oh, friend cool. of mine was we were going to promote it and get it out there again because of the time concept and the author. Uh, if he reads it, I, I, I guess it's more interesting to the reader. It's what I'm hearing. So yes. 
there, there's some possibility that I can do an audio book, but it's a little bit, I, I guess I haven't pushed that button yet to, to get mm -hmm. that going. One more project. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, young adult is, it was one of mine, uh, two other ones I would say are much more adult. They're, they're not really based on, on, on young. The current one that I just woke up with a dream was again about a, a youth. So maybe I bounce back and forth. Uh, again, that period of my life that was harder for me just sticks, still resonates, still is still part of me, you know, never, yeah. I guess never goes away in a sense. So yeah. yeah. So it, again, if there's an idea that grabs me, then I just go with it. Yeah. So. Do you still have a connection with youth like that? Do you have kids of your own? Yeah, well, I have three boys, 32 to 26, okay. uh, 25 actually, but, um, and they're, they're men doing their things. So sure, sure. I did never coach. I mean, I, I look back and I would have, could have, should have, but um, besides, you know, the grade school stuff with my kids, things like that, I coach, but never like high school coaching and having a direct link to, to running. So maybe this is my way to give to that little, to that, but not being a teacher, I didn't have the ability to really coach after school and things like that. I, mm -hmm. You know, my career just didn't allow me to do that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. so I don't really, I in direct link just with my kids, all the events and their friends and that kind of thing. Um, but not, not clear cut that I have and not belong to any any clubs or mentoring or anything like that sure it's not sure. anymore yeah the future well, who knows no. yeah it seems like a feather in your cap it seems like that uh, something that that you're good at so um and back to the um recording it as an audio book man i would highly recommend it because especially mm -hmm. running books man people while they're out running listening listen to running books yeah. like, quite often so i think that's another avenue to get this thing out there yeah i again i i think you're right it's just me getting that first step and I, I need to reach out with my friend he, he's, uh, and just see if I could do that. And we we're going to do a sample chapter and kind of just see how it worked. And he had some mechanics that he knows how to do it. Mm -hmm. I, I think that is legit. Cause as I talk to younger ones, my kids, even though I don't read books, dad, I listen to them, you know, that kind of thing, right. which is foreign to me. Cause I, I read, I don't really listen to books. So yeah. I'm just the opposite. I grew up with a book in hand. So yep. Yep. it's just different where you're coming from. So okay. we'll, we'll see. I mean, if I can get that done or, yeah, I would you recommend give, it. And well, if you got a good radio voice, I want you read it for me. Then uh, I don't want to read it for you. I mean, <laughs> it would be an honor to read it for you, but it should be your voice. I think. Yeah, I think it should I get be it. your voice that reads it. Yeah, um, I've, uh, yeah. I've I've read books by. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think of one as an example. Scott Jurek wrote a book. He's an ultra runner that lives here in Boulder, and he wrote uh, his first book was called Eat and Run, and somebody right. else read it. And mm -hmm. it just did not make sense. It like, worked for you. Yeah. It did not work. Like mm -hmm. Scott Jurek is sort of this really tough yet humble guy. And the guy right. that was reading it was coming across like he, the, the humbleness wasn't there. The humility wasn't mm -hmm. there. It was just right. the tough guy macho thing. And it didn't sound like the author's voice at all. In fact, it, okay. it just kind of screwed up the whole book, I thought. And yeah. maybe that was just my opinion, but yeah, sure. it should definitely be your voice, man. Just to get yeah, all the little that, inflections in the, in the right things in the right places. Yeah, like I say, I, I do want to sit down and see if I can get to that. I'd be interesting to see if that would to help just to, to get it out there. Be another avenue that would yeah. be interesting. Hundred so percent. Yeah, we shall see. Yeah, see where that goes. And if you have more than one running book, man, like I said, runners love to listen to books while they're out on the trails. At least here in yeah. Boulder, man, that's that's what a lot of people do. So right, yeah. right. Yeah, my trip, I biked through Boulder. So all I have is a recollection when I was, you know, 20s and that was beautiful and reminded me of Madison, Wisconsin, just in the mountains. It just oh, kind of that's what it is. It's totally, yeah. yeah, it's it's Madison, Wisconsin in the mountains. I've said yeah. that too, man. Have you? Just yeah. a different feel, just felt free and open and I don't know, just just a different different attitude there. It was It was pretty cool yep. many years ago, but 
Yeah, you know, it's the same way. It's very liberal. And um, the downtown area has uh, a Pearl Street, which is similar to Madison State Street. You right. know, um, yeah, they're, they're yep. very similar. Yep, for sure. Yeah, that was a Becca even back to when my day with Frank Shorter and Benji Durden, I think lives there now. But and he, he read my book, too. But just different folks that are, uh, you know, just the word people go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that was when you rode from uh, Wisconsin to Arizona, you came yes. through Boulder. Yep. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. Long time ago and just camped along the way. And just, I don't know, just before my career, I got a business degree and then didn't know what to do and got a job in Arizona eventually when I hit there. So mm -hmm. just uh, something I decided to do. So yeah. 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 Again. Every uh, thinking young man has to have one of those adventures where you just kind of <laughs> go out and uh, just, it's like you're just figuring things out for yourself, you know. You Basically, just need yes. To take some time yeah. for yourself, and yeah, um, I totally dig it, man. Um, do you have a website? No, I do not. I oh, do not. No. Nope. Okay. Okay. No. Nope. Uh, I, you know, I, I did used to have a, a blog in a sense uh, slash website. Uh, didn't. I guess I didn't keep it going forever. So, so I do not. Okay. So, really, the books are uh, I through Facebook and other means. You know, folks like yourself getting the word out had a review on let's run and uh, other places like that too. Uh, a couple of smaller magazines, it really, it really digital magazine, you know, things, but um, so it was really just, and some word of mouth, that, mm -hmm. that sort of thing has, has been promoting, but I, you know, I don't, I do not have a website. No. Is there a place online where if someone were to purchase your book, you get extra money rather than on Amazon, you only get a percentage. Yeah. Well, Lulu Publishing is would be the would be the character that would, that's a direct publisher. L U L U. Uh, Amazon is you know obviously a lot of go to for many of us just to click a button and yeah, it comes so in easy. a couple of days. But and uh, yeah, that's awesome too. I mean, I, if they enjoy the work, that's the bottom line. It's not about cash. I mean, that that's that'd be sweet, but it's not yeah. you know the, the main deal for so, sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. Um. Well, so cool, man. This was a fascinating conversation. And uh, I love hearing about uh, your writing process. All that stuff intrigues me. And uh, I dig it, man. Um, what's your running looking like these days? You said you ran six miles the other day. Yep, just six yesterday. I haven't gotten out today. It's been Father's Day. Um, we had some my in-laws over and I might, uh, I, I, I switch it up between you know, treadmill or we have some, we live by sod farms. There's trails here that I can go on. It's, it's kind of open area. We're in the country. Um, so I'll probably get in a little bit tonight yet, just a Good. few miles. Um, I do have a duathlon next week and they're, they're small, they're not monstrous, mm -hmm. you know, endurance events. They're, you know, hour plus two hours, whatever it mm -hmm. might be. Um, so just, just for fun, I have a 24 hours cycling ride in, uh, August as far as you can go in 24 hours going no to Michigan way. for that one. So, Whoa. so that's, uh, that's, I'm endurance cycling. I, I can handle, I can handle the endurance stuff cycling better than running these days so. yeah it's easier on the so body I'll do that one and so that's on the agenda so, so is that just around a loop course well they do a, a 50 mile loop and you have to finish at least three of them before a certain time frame then they have a night loop of eight or nine miles or something so so i you know i hope they get a couple hundred miles and we'll we'll see where that ends up oh so that's cool yeah. that's cool i like it's not it. really a race it's it isn't it isn't for some people it's it's something it's a event we'll call it that you know yeah. a ride it's not like you're you want to fall asleep for two hours that's up to you you do what you, you do as far as you can in that 24 hours so 
Sure. Yeah. We're all just competing with ourselves out there. You know, it's yeah. just all, like I've said before, it's all arbitrary. You know, you set these little personal goals for yourself and you try and check it off the list. I mean, right. Um, I, I hope your marathon went good this weekend. I, you didn't mention you, you can toot your own horn. You had a marathon. I think you said, Oh yeah, no, there's, there's really no horn to toot. Uh, it's funny, man. I've been fighting allergies for uh, the uh, week. Uh, this whole week and then my race was on saturday so um yeah i i i made it to the finish line and uh but there's really no bragging rights there like (laughs) (laughs) i made it it was beautiful course it was all alpine you know it's up super high in altitude it was okay it was a legit course but um right uh, i didn't break any land speed records but i had a blast (laughs) so yeah well next month there's always next month (laughs) for sure for sure every month there's something coming up Right. Well, listen, Paul, thanks uh, so much for doing this. I appreciate it. I lo- absolutely oh, loved your book. Sure, and uh, there's so much like wisdom packed into this book too, for, for runners, ultra runners. It doesn't really even matter what kind of running you're doing. You're going to be able to take something away from this book, like practical knowledge that you're going to be able to apply to your own running. And even if you were to take all the running away from the story, uh, I think people would still enjoy the book. You know, there's a lot of life lessons in this book as well. So I don't think you have to be a runner to enjoy the book. Although if you are, I think it's just bonus points and there's even more you're going to be able to take away from it. So, yeah, um, I appreciate you saying that because my intent wasn't to write a XYZ novel and as far as times and new, another training type, you know, how many quarters he did that to me, that's boring. If you mm-hmm. want to think about it, that yeah. to me personally, I want it to be about the layers of, of each of us. Yeah. kind of a thing. And so, so I appreciate you saying that as far as uh, the different levels you read it on. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you strip everything down, really, when you start writing about a runner, or if you were to write about a writer, it's pretty, it's going to be pretty bland. It's going to be boring. You have to find ways to spice it up, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and you did that sufficiently in this book. And uh, it was an exciting book. So um, you took a uh, what would consider what would be considered to be a boring subject and you made it exciting. So yeah, thank um, you. I appreciate have that. you ever uh, considered writing about a writer or writing about um, some of your uh, adventures and in, in, in stories and mishaps of writing? No, no, I guess I haven't. Uh, I know there are many, uh, I guess, movies I'm thinking about the tortured writer kind of thing. You right, know? right. I, I have not. And I really haven't written a non-fiction either i mean at some point i thought you know do a memoir but i thought oh, i'm too boring to write a memoir <laughs> <laughs> but no i ever thought about writing about a writer because it just i know at least that's a it's interesting but that one just never never okay. gone done yeah 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 well paul this was awesome i highly recommend your book to anybody listening and um yeah i'm looking forward to the next one whether it's you know a year or 10 years from now i'm, I'm looking forward to it and i gotta and it's cool finding new writers too, because then you get to go back and dig into their old stuff too. So I'm looking forward yes. to that as well. So oh, interesting. Great. Yeah. I can let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll get some, a couple of things your way. I appreciate you. hundred percent. hundred percent. I love it. Yeah. And thank you so much for the signed copy. I love it. If anyone else were to want a signed copy, how would they get one of those? Oh, you know, um, I'm sure they can contact you, but I'd be, uh, you know, Facebook, uh, that's again, it's, I always feel old when I say that my boys roll their eyes at that, but <laughs> you're uh, not on Snapchat or TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in the book, I think I have my email in the first couple of pages, I think. Oh. And I, cause I've gotten people randomly email me a guy from England just did that really enjoyed the book. So, cool. um, um, so yeah, that's the simplest ways to reach me, send me email. I'd be glad to uh, send the copy out. I did for him to a couple of his friends, uh, across the, us some coaches and things that he okay uh, so that's fine that sounds great I'd, cool i'm really cool. happy to 
to do that as a gift, well, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, thanks again, man. Let's keep getting the word out about this book. I think people should check it out. And um, to you, man, just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, what an inspiration. I mean, you were a badass runner back in the day. Well, you're, you're still uh, running. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> to me, you were a badass. You. <laughs> I mean, come on. You were running some really fast marathon times and uh, you're still, you're still at it these days and still grinding. Oh, yeah. I love it, man. It's like, yeah. I love it. I love everything about it. So well, yeah, keep you. doing what you're doing. And uh, thanks so much, yeah. man. Appreciate I appreciate that, Adam. Thank Absolutely. you for your time and wish you the best. You come back to Wisconsin. Uh, Look me up. Okay. In touch. Yes. It was a pleasure, man. It's an honor having you on. I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate right. it. Okay. Right. We'll see you. Take care of yourself. Thank okay. you. All right. Bye-bye. Buy the book, The Unforgiving Line by Paul Maurer. Uh, I know a lot of runners listen to this podcast, and this isn't exactly an ultra running book, but uh, there's a lot there that you're going to love. Trust me, uh, guys, check this one out. This podcast is brought to you by big things crewing. That is us. We offer crewing, pacing, coaching, uh, you name it. You guys, if you're looking to get into the running world, give us a shout. If you have some ultra marathons coming up and you need a pacer, you're coming to Colorado. You don't know anybody out here. Look us up. Uh, we love this stuff, you guys. We'd love to come out and be a part of your story. We know how to get you to rally and get you into that finish line. We want you to do big things. Look us up. Big-things-crewing.com um, If you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast so that you're notified when a new episode drops. If you like what you hear, please write us a review or share it on social media. It helps us to be seen among all the other podcasts out there. These conversations are also on YouTube. Head on over there and subscribe as well. Or you can also find us on the social media platforms, Big Things Crewing. And as always, our website, big-things-crewing.com. We want to thank Exoskin, the best running apparel from hats to socks and everything in between. No blisters, no chafing, no odor. Check them out. Use our discount code BTC, all caps, for 20% off. We want to thank Athletic Brewing for making this possible. 20% discount code there is McRobertsA20, all caps. 20% off promo code on the best non-alcoholic beer around. We also want to thank Will and On Pace Wellness. If you want to dial in your nutrition and do big things this year, Look them up on pacewellness.com. Mention this podcast for a 10% discount. Life is short. Do big things, baby. Pedro, take us for a run.